Hello, gamers and movie lovers. Welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where we share our opinions on movies, games, and other entertainment-related news throughout the week that we have opinions on. My name is Barry. My name is Craig. And we're going to get right into the show. One thing I will say before we get too far is we're sorry if there's any weird audio quality or mix-ups with any of this. We are both recording from our respective homes. Quarantine so, it up. We are trying to quarantine, do the safe thing, and try to record from the app that we're using. So we have no idea how this is going to work because it's the first time we're using it. Yep. If it ends up absolutely terrible, then we'll just go back to normal next week. Yeah, and we probably won't even upload this, so it wouldn't even matter. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. It depends depends on how bad. Uh, Yep. So first off, uh, right now – where we live, you know, everybody's pretty much shut down because of the coronavirus, so there's plenty of time to play video games. Yes. And we'll go ahead and start with both of our opinions because I know everybody's waiting for it on Doom Eternal <laughs> and Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, I will let you go first, Craig, with Doom Eternal, depending on how much time you got to play. <laughs> All, right. All right, so I probably played – I got through the first two levels, so it's probably about an hour and a half, two hours since it you know i just picked it up yesterday um it's definitely doom i'm trying to think the best way to put this i might be in the minority here um but i don't think i'm enjoying it as much as the first one which might be surprising The, the first thing that i noticed is when you first turn it on like the title screen and all that kind of stuff is it looks very uh early 2000s i guess and i don't know if that's the style they're going for but it just seemed very rushed um, the game plays fine. It plays like Doom. I believe the first one came out in what 2016. I yeah, think. I do believe it's been about two years. Yeah. So I mean, they've changed some stuff. You have it's more of like a puzzle now. So you have a flamethrower that if you kill enemies with the flamethrower, they drop armor. If you do the glory kills, like in the last game, then you get health. And then you have the chainsaw. If you kill them with the chainsaw, that gives you ammo. So you're kind of going back and forth depending on what you need. So in that case, those big like arenas where you're fighting a bunch of demons, it just becomes a big puzzle. Um, So the people who like the first Doom, I think are, I mean, there's everything there for you to enjoy it again. The story isn't important. It wasn't really important in the first one. Uh, Doom guy still doesn't talk. So the cutscenes are just, you know, all the other people talking and him kind of staring. Um, The one choice that they went with that I'm not sure how I feel about is being able to actually see his face like through his visor now. Um, definitely a, I guess an artistic choice, but I don't know. I guess I have to get used to it and I'm not totally writing the game off for now. It's just, it seems almost like it's not finished to me. Okay. Now I know the huge point. Did you, did you get to spend a lot of time with the grappling hook? I know that was a huge portion of the game. I didn't even get it yet. So again, like I want to wait until I get all the upgrades because they kind of slowly give them to you and then they teach you how to use them. So I have like the double jump, the dash, and then the, uh, I think I have three guns, the assault rifle, the shotgun, and the beam. And then again, the flamethrower, the chainsaw, and that kind of stuff. Okay. I I do know that it's been highly pretty much reviewed as of mostly right. everywhere. Right. And I don't know if maybe it's just, I'm not, maybe it's, I'm not in the mood for Doom right now, but again, I'm still going to play through it because it's not like I hate it. It's just not grabbing me as much as the first one did and maybe that could also be because when the first one came out it was unexpected and it was kind of out of nowhere and this one it's just 
they went with what worked. So they didn't change a whole lot. So we'll see how it is next week. See, I should have it done by next week, especially if we're stuck inside. I'll definitely get it mm-hmm. done. So I'm not I'm not going to go out there and say it's a terrible game because it's definitely not. But next week I'll be able to give you a definitive if it was for me or for not. But the big question, though, for you is Animal Crossing because I've talked to a couple people and I'm hearing some mixed things. So I'm curious what you have to say. So I'm, I'll start off. I don't have a lot of time or stuff invested into Animal Crossing. Uh, I may have right. played the GameCube version for a total of about maybe – less than an hour Uh, i've never played (laughs) any of the 3ds versions even though i owned one so this is technically my first animal crossing in a lot of ways that i've actually put about maybe three hours into so far okay it's definitely a very pretty game one of the best looking on switch and because everywhere is so doom and gloom lately the the bright colors uh definitely add a little bit more atmospheric and escapism to this game as of the moment yeah, it's definitely – I think it's hitting at the right time because everybody's inside, so it gives you something to do. Exactly. Uh, from the most part, the I'm, – I'm interested to see how long this game can keep my attention for. Uh, for the people that don't know, Animal Crossing is a game that you kind of spend a little bit of time in uh, every day or a lot of time in once a day, and new things continue to happen daily. It's kind of like how, in your example, Doom – you would they're gonna like slowly give you everything you need uh, that happens just daily so okay once a new day starts you will then have another neighbor or something new happen in your island which it's the deserted island getaway so you're all stranded on this island together so okay. only being three hours in, which one night I did the whole tutorial thing, so that was done, and then the next morning is when I played. So I'm really in technically, I guess, only two days into the actual game, having spent three okay. hours in it. The everything I I'm okay with the game so far. Like it's really kind of still again too early for me to give a game like a judgment like that only because this game requires you to put time into it. You know, your enjoyment comes from learning about the characters that are coming into your island, building your island up, paying off your debt to Tom Nook, and <laughs> and slowly and slowly getting more involved with your desert island. I did like the fact okay. that you could name it. Uh, I named it after the town I was born in, uh, in Costa Rica, which is Pedaiso. It's not really the town mm-hmm. I was born in, but where uh, where I kind of started – and then the character creation, uh, I didn't know this about Animal Crossing, but the character creation is kind of really, really light. There's not much you can do with it. Uh, it asks you about your gender. There's not a lot of hairstyles. So there's no like slick back, you know, long hair style <laughs> that I like to go for. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a lot like the villager you see from Smash, and that's what you're, you're going to get there. You can change certain things like eyes, noses. But there isn't a lot of ways to make your character stand out other than in the clothes you're wearing because the clothes that you can put on and later get in the story, uh, there's a lot of them. There's a whole bunch of Nintendo-like themed stuff, whether it's Pokemon or another franchise. And then there's also uh, like a, a small amount of stuff that just kind of like random clothes is what it is. It's there's no branding or anything to it after that. 
Okay. I did hear from somebody else I was talking to actually this morning who picked it up as well. And they were saying that, you know, you have your daily things that you're supposed to do. Um, and then after that, he was saying that there wasn't a whole lot to do after that, after you get like your daily stuff done. Yeah. I think in the early game, what they try to do is kind of roll it out to you slowly because a lot of the game, I think a lot of the fun is going to come later in game when you can terraform the island and make it your own. When you start Mm -hmm. getting all of the tools you need to go across rivers or build stuff, because as of right now, I think in the early days, especially for a lot of people that just got the game on Friday, you're still getting like, you know, a neighbor or getting like small tasks for you to understand how everything works in the world. And mm-hmm. one thing too is it's going to be uh, – they added like a location thing to it. You can either be the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere where the seasons are switched. So one person will be in winter and then the other person could be in spring. Okay. So I'm interested to see how that plays in like online play because as far as I know, I believe I'm the only one that picks Southern Hemisphere because in Costa Rica, <laughs> that kind of stuff is switched around. Right. So okay. that's that's why I did that one. It's going to be interesting to see too if, if they roll it out that slowly. If you take – obviously the people who have played Animal Crossing are going to buy this and they're going to keep playing it. But if it's somebody who you know needs something to do because they're stuck at home, and they're picking up Animal Crossing because everybody's saying how good it is. Be interesting to see if they stick with it, you know, because if you're only doing something that takes an hour or less, and then that's all you can really do for the day, do you stick with it or you just go play something else and forget about it? Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sort of interested to see how my perception of the game changes uh, once I start to get more and more unlocked. But until then, it's still it's still really early in the game. I need to get more neighbors. I need to be able to get more tools. Uh, the, but from early impressions of the game, it looks like another Animal Crossing. It's kind of what a lot of people expected it to be. A lot of people wanted a console game, console, Animal Crossing. I, do, I am interested to see how later, whether or not the kind of playing with friends and how you can really only have one island on one switch works especially for people who are trying to do the whole family type thing or ha- or wanting to have you know their kids have a separate island than what you know the the adult is working on or something like that so you can you can have multiple characters but they're all going to be on the same island or is it just one character i believe it's all you can only have one island to switch is i'm pretty sure i'm reading that right so if you have let's say you have your you share the switch with yourself and two other people they all mm-hmm. work on that same island you can all create your own characters but uh, especially when getting into later into like terraforming stuff i'm interested to see how people react to why did you change this part of the island? I just changed that part. Like that kind of stuff can get a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's an that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Instead of letting everybody have their own, but I guess we'll see how that goes because obviously people aren't going to get to that part of the stuff till a little bit later. Exactly. I'm I'm also seeing that they're kind of trying to steer you away from old characters that were on the Nintendo 64 version. So I'm not sure if they show up later, which they all possibly could, but I do know one of the interesting facts that 
when you start up the game and you start up the tutorial, like the two rant, the two neighbors that you get, it's you, two other neighbors, and Tom Nook and Timmy and Tommy, I think is what his kids are named. Okay. Uh, the two neighbors you get, they're actually random. They can be a multitude of different neighbors, which I actually really like that that aspect of the game is that the experience isn't exactly the same for everyone you could get yeah. a different um you know i think maybe three different pairs of neighbors and while that is kind of slim it's only three different pairs i do like the fact that it could be different okay so we just have to kind of wait and see maybe check back in every week with you and see if you're still playing it. yeah and i'm i'm gonna give this game the attention it deserves i'm going to continue playing it uh even if i have to force myself to for the next week <laughs> yeah well i mean as crazy as it may sound i know there was like the two reddit communities between animal crossing and doom have kind of come together before the game came out but as different as those two games are they kind of end up going hand in hand because you can do your animal crossing stuff first for an hour or so and then you can go play doom as well so especially if everybody's quarantined inside right now it's not a bad idea to have both yeah they kind of comp one complements the other if you know you like both of those type of games since they're so completely different exactly i i I did want to let you know or ask you like when you finish the when you finish doom eternal let me know how long Mm -hmm. the campaign is i've always been interested in how long a games like that campaign is because doom uh the original one like everybody was saying how good the campaign was but when it yep. came to multiplayer the game kind of died when it came yeah to multiplayer. the multiplayer wasn't wasn't very good and they have multiplayer in in this one as well but again i think i played maybe one or two matches of the first doom multiplayer and i don't even know if i'll touch it on this one because that's not what i want from it i just want the campaign so i'm gonna if i had to guess it's probably eight to ten hours like the last one was okay so i'll probably probably have it done in a couple days i would think and then i'll have some i should have a a good full impression next week i would think especially if we're stuck inside okay yeah i I think we'll both have much better impressions about our about the respective games we're playing yep did you play anything else besides i mean obviously we're still playing call of duty but there's only so much you can say about that yeah well one of the things that i was going to say is we have been playing you know other games i definitely been expanding my horizons this past yeah. week uh but i will say about call of duty warzone is that they released the single matches with yep. uh with warzone and it's much of the same it definitely evens out the playing field for people who want to play on their own uh we did run into some problems where we think a lot of people are not playing solos instead of the trios because there are some portions of warzone where we were just sitting there waiting for more people to join Yep, we would join in and just sit there forever, and then eventually everybody would leave. Or we also had a bunch of times where we wouldn't even get a third person. It would just be the two of us. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, too, uh, like I I guess the lobbies probably just aren't filling up like they used to anymore. We now have games where I think one of the games by the second or third circle, we were down to like 26 people. So right. you, I don't think that many people died. I just think we started off with a very small lobby instead. I think Call of Duty went, okay, you guys are done waiting. Here's at least something. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Like I noticed uh, yesterday I was playing, and I went to play a solos match, and I was like, oh, let's switch it to just for me, just for Xbox and not to cross-platform. 
and they don't allow you to do it for Warzone. And I don't know if that's just them saying they may not be able to find enough people, but there's no option. Like if you hit cross-platform off and then go to Warzone, it, a message pops up that it has to be off. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, they're not really giving the option on that. But again, it makes sense because that's 150 people and it's going to be a lot easier for them to fill it quickly if it's everybody's cross-platform. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's nuts. I had no idea, uh, but I guess I guess trying to get 150 people, you know, you it's I guess they're trying to ease up the servers and trying to not have somebody select. Oh, I only want to play with Xbox or PlayStation and no PC. So right. I guess I yep. understand that a little bit. So no easy wins. You have to beat the PC players. Yeah, you, they're the <laughs> ones that are always standing in our ways anyway. That's true. <laughs> so what else are you playing? So I'll start off with what I've been trying to put more time into, which uh, a lot of my friends recommended Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. I decided I was going to try the first game first. It's free on Game Pass and see how I liked it. Ori I definitely think is fun. I have a little bit of trouble trying to get through Met- uh, Metroidvania games only because it's a lot of – backtracking going back and forth and especially if you're trying to max out like your character in a way you definitely have to go back to you know beginning areas when you're almost done with the game to get the other things that you're trying that you're looking to get whether it's power-ups extra health points or extra save points yep that's why usually with those type of games i end up not doing that because one of those times when i try to go back and get everything i just get so burnt out on the games so I prefer to just kind of get through them. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm starting to experience. I went and got everything that I possibly could before defeating the first, I guess we'll call it, water temple for mm-hmm. for it. I am definitely just starting to slow down on the game a lot. Uh, like I said, this game is sort of hard for me to get super into uh, because it's hard for me to get through Metroidvanias. The game is definitely difficult, which... I like that because I like playing difficult games. Uh, I've mentioned before I've played all the Blood. Uh, I've played Bloodborne, the Dark Souls series, and Sekiro. I do like all those games. It's just interesting to see how a Metroidvania makes that differ for me. I do have to say, like I've put four hours into the game, and I've definitely died over 150 times <laughs> trying to get through and trying to co- like collect certain collectibles that I didn't think I could go back to. I definitely contribute about maybe 50 of my deaths to the escape from the water temple because <laughs> I did not know at the time that I was able to, you're able to go back and grab those extras. I thought it was, I have to get them now or I never get them again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we'll have to see if you actually finish it and then go on to the newer one. You might want to take a break between the two if you do that. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm trying to space myself out with other games. For example, I've, I've been hearing a lot about Neo, so I bought the first one. Neo uh, is more along the lines of the hard games of Bloodborne and Dark Souls. The It's going to be interesting how I get used to the controls because there's a lot of micromanaging of stances and how that affects your stamina versus attack power, your weapons you can have to... Uh, like two, I'm trying to figure out the words for it, two ranged weapons and two melee weapons. That's what it is. Okay. So it's definitely, I'm definitely trying to figure out how to get through this game at a normal pace because like with Bloodborne, you know, I, I like running through it. I like going through these games fast and, you know, when you, cause when you get to the boss, that's where you spend all your time in. 
Mm-hmm. And with Neo, I'm having fun with it right now. The stamina system is what I'm trying to get used to because how it's different from other games in a way is your opponent and you both have a stamina bar. And once one of you depletes your stamina bar, you're left completely invulnerable. You can't move. Like your guy just sits there, deep breathes for a little bit. And then once it fills up, you can go back to moving. And that's different from how Bloodborne and the other games work because when you run out of stamina, you can still sort of just walk, but there's no dodge rolling or sprinting or like doing any attacks. Okay. And I definitely find myself getting really over aggressive and running out of stamina and then getting punished for it. And anything in this game kills you in one to two hits almost. I feel like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, you kind of have maybe three to five hits on some of them, but Neo tries to balance that out by giving you just a ton of healing options, which Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you know, you're set with a limited amount of healing options almost every time where neo i can just stack and stack and stack medicine uh, which is the healing portion of that game okay so are you gonna get through that one and go to the second one or are you just how do you feel about it i have to see how how this one goes i've i've seen i've been watching people play neo 2 and it definitely looks really good uh but i want to give neo one kind of the time it deserves to see whether or not i like and would go on to neo 2 because right. i'm i'm juggling around a lot of games right now so i'm trying to trying to see what sticks and i know for me personally anytime a game comes out that's like a second or third in a series that i haven't played the first one anytime i go back and say like hey i'm gonna play the first one and see how it is like 99% of the time, I'll never get to the second one because I may beat the first one, but I'll be so burnt out that I don't want to play the other one. So for me, that never works out. So hopefully it does for you. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping it does too. Like I said, I like the these type of hard games, but it's really just going to depend on whether or not this can keep my interest long enough. Because yeah. the other game I'm now playing and can finally have, an, a, a, I think, a decent amount of opinion on is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which I know... It's a fighting anime game, but I want to <laughs> yes, I want to give this game kind of the time it deserves to talk about it. I have never been into fighting games, and I'm trying to learn it through Grand Blue Fantasy. The Grand Blue Fantasy, and I think the the people who make this games are Arc Systems. They try to make these games fun in a way that newcomers can come in and have fun with it. I finished the combat tutorial for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and it is definitely more complex. And I definitely think if I had a criticism about the game, it needs to have a better tutorial because it's asking me to do things and not giving me the the buttons to press for it, really. So I end up okay. doing this tutorial, and it gives you, like, let's say you need to pass it five times in order to pass it. And I'm not passing any of it because I have no idea what it's asking me to do. <laughs> okay the so they're just assuming you know it's exactly do. yeah they're assuming that you've played fighting games before which i did find out yesterday night after watching a couple videos on it they want you to play the rpg mode because that's where you learn a lot of the basics so over this week i'm going to be giving rpg mode a try and trying to learn basics for the characters i like the characters are all a lot of fun and all very unique. I find that a lot of people who pick up this game and it's their first fighting game will enjoy it because it looks really pretty and it it can be a button mashy game and you can still enjoy it. 
I will say I did try playing online, which may be one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in gaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yep. the people online, like even on the tier that I am, which is like the lowest of the low, we have no idea. I have no idea what I'm doing compared to those people. Uh, I've never understand corner juggling because there are people who can do a full combo on you, do some sort of special move and do another full combo. And then at that point mm -hmm. I'm halfway dead and I have no idea how to block any of it. So <laughs> I definitely think I'm going to continue to take this time to learn the game. Cause this is one of the first fighting games that I think I really spent this much time into trying to learn and play. And if, if there's any time to start learning or trying something new, it's now, you know, everybody's in yeah, quarantine. Yeah, definitely is right now. You know, there, there's really not an excuse. For for me, I'm trying to take my time away from looking at social media so much because there isn't much going on on social media. Just everybody complaining yeah. about the quarantine or trying to make up stupid games for their friends to play while, while doing <laughs> it. But that's what I want to learn this game and I want to learn to do to be better at fighting games in general. So hopefully uh, this, hopefully this game will teach me and maybe I can take this skills or the skills I learned in this game to other ones. But I, I definitely recommend it to anyone who is new to fighting games and wants to give it a shot. Cause this is, yeah, I am definitely enjoying it. And I definitely think there's a, there's a good amount of people who always think that it's very hard to play these games because it's such a learning curve, but the Arc Systems games like Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and Dragon Ball Fighter Z definitely give you the chance to sort of button mash and feel like you're good at the game, at least. Until you go online. Yes, until you go online, and then I realize the hard <laughs> truth that everybody is much better than I am. Correct. And that's that's always been the case with me with fighting games. Like I enjoy playing them, but I never play online just because I know how frustrating it's going to be and that you know, in order for me to get to even half of what these other people's levels are i'd have to put you know 100 hours into learning everything yeah i hopefully i don't have to put 100 hours in i just want one win <laughs> just i want i, I want yeah. the experience of getting one win online and then i'll retire from online fighting completely <laughs> there you go <laughs> do you play anything else because even like with the quarantine and everything i realized right before we started when i was looking over what i played that i've literally only played call of duty and doom and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how to work on my backlog because that's going to be the problem here. Is yep. I've told you before I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm not sure if I've expressed this on the podcast or not. But with me trying to juggle Warzone, Neo, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, I would be then trying to juggle as well Animal Crossing, and yeah it's very difficult to try to juggle all these games and then try to juggle uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on it, on top of it. Yep. But I Plus remembering where you are in all of them, if you're jumping back and forth. Yeah, like I think the thing is, is for Horizon Zero Dawn, I think I really only got maybe three hours into the game. And I can tell you right okay. now, I will probably have to restart. Uh, yeah, you won't remember yep, it. Because it's been so long since I've played that. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, I mean, the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I guess would be more newsworthy, is the PS5 details came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we can Let's see what you think about yeah, it. The, when, it, when it comes to gaming, and what I'll say about Craig and I is that I definitely lean more toward PlayStation. 
than Xbox because of the exclusives. But I play a lot of Xbox because it's what Craig and I play together. Right. So right. the PlayStation specs, do you have them on you at all? I'm, I am pulling them up now. Okay. Uh, give me one second here. Yeah. One thing that I'll say, I know where it's uh, like some of the specs I know off the top of my head. Both of both mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X and the PS5 both have 16 gigabytes of storage. They run off of AMD CPUs. They both have SSDs, yep. but the external SSD will be different in many right. ways. And depending on when you bring up the information, I did find out that the proprietary expansion on the Xbox Series X is going to be kind of an Xbox thing where you have to get an Xbox branded one. The PlayStation right. NVMe slot that you can add will be third party supported. So you can buy any type of one that you want to with that one. Yep. I saw that because the internal on the Xbox is a terabyte. The internal on the PlayStation 5 is 825 gigs uh, solid state, but it's also a different type of solid state. And I don't remember exactly what it's called for the PlayStation, but it is a faster solid state is what they're saying. It was to the point where uh, they were saying that some some developers might have to slow down how fast it loads because it's going to be loading too quickly, which is pretty interesting. Um, I do know from kind of looking into it the other day that you can still get uh, third-party external hard drives for the Xbox. Oh, you can? Okay. Um, they, yeah, they are going to support them, and they did say that if you take your non-solid-state hard drive, like I have a 4-terabyte for my Xbox One, they said if you plug that into the Series X, you'll immediately have all those games that were on there will be ready to go on your series x which is kind of yeah i'll be interested to see how it affects like the loading times and how everybody wants to do that because if you're if you're running the game off a hard drive compared to the ssd as we as we all know the ssd is extremely faster compared to it yes if whether or not you know you're going to be sitting at a loading screen you're going to be like oh i've never seen this before because loading screens they're dead yep (laughs) and i think when you compare them i mean there's like the specifics here but I don't know that the specifics are super, super important. They're, you know, they're pretty close. I think the Xbox is a little bit more powerful than the PlayStation is, but it looks like the PlayStation may run a little bit smoother, a little bit quieter. Um, And then obviously the Xbox has a slightly bigger hard drive, but they're both running 4K Blu-ray drives, which is, I guess, going to be a standard now. I I mean, the PlayStation doesn't have a 4K Blu-ray drive now, and the Xbox does, so that's interesting i do think me and you were talking the other day i think the the playstation is probably going to come in cheaper than the xbox is which will be interesting yeah i definitely think of as of the moment with like i i I think it definitely comes to this teraflop sort of battle that everybody keeps fighting about uh the xbox series x is stronger i think it like isn't it like 16 teraflops compared to the ps5's 12 i'm trying to find the comparison uh, let's see. The Xbox has 12. The PlayStation has 10. Oh, okay. So it's not even as high as I thought it was with the Xbox. Yeah. But I'm, I definitely think you're, you're right. I think the PS4 may be a little bit scaled back to be more. I definitely think PlayStation wants to be the more attractive console here, where Xbox knows it's screwed up so badly last generation that they have to, you know, provide the ultimate gaming machine in order for everyone to 
to support them again, and especially the type of games that maybe Xbox is trying to bring out with it. Yeah, they're they're both running 16 gigs of DDR6 for memory, so that's the same. They're both running AMD processors. The Xbox is slightly faster, um, 3.8 gigahertz as opposed to 3.5. They're eight core processors. And then they both support 8K, which, you know, how many people have 8K TVs and how many games are actually going to put out in 8K? It remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I definitely want games to start taking more advantage of the 4K, like native, because I know the PS4 did checkerboarding 4K, and I believe the Xbox did do the 4K as well, but it's always at this reduced frame rate. I want to see what these games look like on 4K TVs at 120 hertz because, yeah. you know, um, my, my TV can handle that, and I want to see whether or not it looks around the same or whether or not, you know, it's this new generation of realistic gaming that's going to blow my mind away. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I did see yesterday was they were talking about the backwards compatibility. And, you know, Sony had come out and said that at time of launch, they expect around like 100 PlayStation 4 games to be backwards compatible on the PlayStation 5. And they were going with the top 100 that had the most playtime on the PlayStation 4. Okay. Um, and, and then Xbox has said, you know, at launch, you should expect over a thousand games to be backwards compatible. And that's a big difference. And, you know, everybody makes a big deal out of it. But also at the same time, how many people actually go back and play, you know, the previous generation games on their new consoles? Like how many times have I played a 360 game on my Xbox One? Not that often. So I don't know how big of a deal that is. To some people, it probably will be, but you're going to be playing the new games anyway. So, I mean, it's good to have, obviously, but I don't know how important. I think people make too big of a deal out of that. Yeah, I think they do. We just have to – I'm just interested in continuing to go forward and see where the these new consoles end up taking us just in the future in general. We have you know, the increased resolution, but this backwards compatibility stuff, like I'm looking at my games right now, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm – Maybe I play a Spider-Man again on the PS5, but the new one's going to be coming out eventually for that game. Same thing for God of War. You're going to be getting a new God of War early in that console's life. The sports games are yearly, so it doesn't matter. And uh, and the backwards compatibility hasn't made that much sense to me. Like on Xbox and on Game Pass, I've always thought it was cool to take some time and look at the games that I used to play. For example, yeah. Star Wars Republic Commando is is was on Game Pass. I'm not sure if it still is, but that was an original Xbox game that was really cool when I played it, and it was really nice to experience, you know, the first couple missions again. But I've stopped playing that. Like I'm not going back to it. <laughs> yep, I think the only the only game that I continue to play is I will always play Bioshock at least once a year at some point. But again, like I have my shelf of 360 games and I probably have between 60 or 80 of them, but I don't even touch them. And I, you know, I probably have maybe 30 or 40 installed on my Xbox that either got free through games with gold or, or, you know, whatever reason, but I never touch them. So it's nice to look at them through my games. Like, you know, those days where you turn your console on and you don't know what to play because nothing looks good. I'll go through that and I have you know, 300 games installed and I still can't find anything to play because I'm not going to play those old games. So 
again, it, it looks good on a spreadsheet for the, you know, for Xbox to say we have a thousand and Sony only has a hundred, but at the end of the day, it's only going to matter to a few people, I think. Yeah. And I guess now it's more important than ever that people want this backwards compatibility considering Xbox has lately been all about trying to, oh, you know, we're making games for the Xbox Series X and your old Xboxes and this new one. So no matter what family of Xbox you're on, you can still play with your friends. Where with PlayStation, I haven't heard, like, them trying to do that. Like, every early generation when the games start to come out, you know, there's always two versions of Madden, you know, one with the new console, one with the old. So... I'm interested to see if PlayStation decides to go the route that Xbox is doing or whether or not they're just going to go, you know, if you want to play with your friends, get the new PlayStation, which in that case, you know, PlayStation could win. PlayStation could win the early console war early because people are going to go, oh, I can still play with my friends on my old Xbox, whether it's the new Halo game or not. So this could end up working backwards in Microsoft's favor, but we won't know until we see probably the price. Yeah, the price, and then when we actually get it in our hands, because they're still saying holiday. I mean, there was like a fake tweet out there earlier this week where it was saying Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving or somewhere around there, and you know, Major Nelson had to come out and say, no, we're shooting for holiday. Like, we never set a specific date. And that could also get pushed back, too, because of all the issues going on in the world. So, you know, worst case scenario, we could not see them until next year, Yeah, which would be terrible. Yeah, and maybe spring of next year isn't a bad idea for them. You know, you're going to have a lot of people with more Christmas money and that kind of thing. I always feel like releasing a game right before Christmas, you either get it as a Christmas present and people are fighting in lines to get to them at your local (laughs) retailers. Or you're looking at trying to get them after Christmas and with whatever, you know, new money you got for Christmas with that. So, yeah, I think it'd it'd be crazy to not think that Sony and Microsoft are also keeping an eye on, you know, they're talking about the the stimulus package for everybody right now. You know, every every adult getting a thousand or fifteen hundred or whatever it is, you know, it, it could be smart for them if this does go through and everybody's getting a thousand dollar check in the mail to be like, Hey, here's the price pre-order it now and try to get on top. of Yeah. If, if, if they want to have early sales numbers and they want it to look good, it's definitely going to be if this uh, stimulus package stuff passes. Right. So if, if it does pass and they're talking about early April, I think is when the checks will be mailed out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the price drop and the pre-orders drop. Yeah. I already got an email uh, earlier this week from Best Buy saying, hey, opt in for email alerts when the pre-orders come up. So that usually means it's coming. At some point, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, anything else gaming-wise, news? No, not really. Like, the only thing I do want to add is with, like, opting in for these uh, whenever it's time to reserve them, I feel like mm-hmm. Sony and Xbox have to know they really can't do anything until maybe June or like E3 time because you know, what everybody's worried about right now is we're all quarantined inside. It's hard to go out and pre-order anything. So yeah, unless you want mass hysteria, the moment everybody can get free from quarantine, I feel like Sony and Xbox may wait until this stuff blows over 
and they have a clearer picture yeah. of what's going on in the future because I, I don't think the announcement's going to be anytime soon. I think we're going to be waiting until June or July uh, until we hear anything yep. about either of these consoles. Yep. And just to put it out there so people can reference, you know, months from now when the prices go out, what's your guess? As far as with the Xbox, the Series X, and then the PlayStation comes in at. So the Series X was released at what five hundred dollars, right? Because it was the most powerful console of all time. You're talking about the the yeah. Series X. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Xbox has to. I feel like it either has to be five hundred or six hundred for that, and mm-hmm. you know it has to do with the SSD. It has to do with the increased in teraflops. I feel like, as most people who keep up with gaming know Xbox is trying to, I think, come out with two different types of this console, the series X version, which is the most powerful and the series, maybe let's call it S, um, which will be less powerful. So I think to start off with, I think Xbox will have an S series at around 400. And I think the X series could reach to 500 to $600. Yeah. That's kind of how, that's kind of how I was thinking. Xbox drops it for 500 PlayStation comes in at 400 and then Xbox also says, Hey, here's the less powerful one for, you know, 400 as well. Or maybe they undercut Sony and say it's, you know, 350. Yeah. Yeah. They could for, just to say it's cheaper. Yeah. I could see the, the PlayStation console, according to how much it takes to make that console. Apparently I could see them trying to run it maybe at 425 or 450 in order to try to, you know, make up that make up that less profit because i think when consumers look at it it's it's not going to matter until you start getting into that 500 600 point you know it was the whole it yeah. was the whole deal with the ps3 and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of whether or not consumers you know are going to say no 500 is too much we're only going to go with the s or I think a lot of gamers now just yeah. want the best possible experience that they have, and they're, they're going to look at the X and go, no matter what the price, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, because even for me, like you know, I'm going to buy it, but if it comes in at five ninety nine, that's going to make me hesitate a little bit, because you know, six hundred is a lot for a console. Five hundred is it's like the ceiling of what I want to pay. Yeah. Because at that point, for six hundred, you can build your own PC and still play the majority of the games because first party Microsoft games are going to be on game pass that you can get on your PC as well. And I can always plug in a controller. So if it's hitting like 600, it's going to make me be a little bit more hesitant, I think. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, That's really the only thing I have left for gaming. Uh, there isn't, there isn't okay. much other news other than come next week. We'll have more of a better opinion on what we will think about animal crossing and doom. Yep. So how about movies? Did you uh, watch any movies in quarantine? This you know, week? I'm trying to think about it, and I'm looking through old movies that I've gotten and through Netflix as well. In all honesty, I, I really don't think I have. I think I've just been trying to take this time <laughs> to get through these games and balance them and try to give them the time they deserve. Yeah, I have been putting more time into gaming, but also I've noticed, especially the past day or two, that not that I'm getting burned out on gaming, but I'm looking for other things to do when I'm had my fill. So um, I know as of last night, Onward is up for uh, digital. You can buy it digitally. And then obviously I saw it in theaters. We had talked about that. So I'm not going to buy it digitally, but it's also going to be on Disney Plus in a couple weeks. So that'll be out there for everybody to see. But also Universal 
had come out and said that a lot of their movies that were in theaters and also that are were planned to be in theaters are going to go digital as well. So you can rent them for, you know, 19.99 for 48 hours. And the big ones they had thrown out there was I think trolls when it comes out in a couple weeks. And then they also had uh, the hunt and then the invisible man. Uh, so those both went up last night oh, okay. as well. So they're up there. Um, so I watched the hunt. I didn't watch invisible man yet. I'm probably going to watch that tonight. So I'm trying to knock out some movies too, because again, I think every movie theater is closed now. So I don't know if all these movies, if they just get pushed or if we start to see them all come through for, you know, digital that you can watch at home. It's definitely an interesting test to see what happens. Um, I don't know, like for you, since you didn't see Onward, $20 is more than you going to the movies yourself you would normally pay. I would think. Whereas for me with like a family, $20 is less than I normally pay when I go to the movie Yeah, for sure. So like, so like in your case, is $20 worth it? Or are you just going to wait a couple weeks and watch it on Disney? I'm definitely going to wait to watch it on Disney plus. I think it just makes more sense. I'm already subscribed to the service. Yeah. Had I, had I not been, maybe I would have thought about getting it on digital uh, first, Mm -hmm. but I'll be patient because who knows how long any of this quarantine stuff's going to last. So, you know, why not? I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch it. So in, so in your case, then, any of these movies that come out, not just Onward, is that something that you're gonna be willing to pay twenty dollars for? Since it's more than you would normally. I think it depends. I think it depends. This morning, I was reading an article about how there's talks about the new Wonder Woman movie might just skip theaters uh, if this stuff is still going on and go straight to digital. With Wonder Woman, I will probably buy that um, just because I. I do like the comic movies a little uh, – like I have I have more of a connection with those than maybe some of the other uh, movies that are coming out, whether it's Universal or Disney or anything like that. And I really like the first Wonder Woman. So I think it's been – It definitely yeah, – I think it's – it looks like all the other movie companies are kind of looking at Universal to see how it goes, and that could kind of factor into whether they do it too. So I don't know if maybe – if they came out and said it was $20 to watch a new Bond movie, I'm assuming you're going to be doing that too, right? Yeah, I, I, I hope that isn't the case come November <laughs> because I want the Dolby Atmos IMAX experience when it comes to that movie. So I hope that's not the case. But if, if it's really the only way I'm going to be able to see it and it's November and I haven't already gone insane from being quarantined for that long, <laughs> then that's, right. that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, I don't see Bond. I don't see them doing that with Bond because they pushed it. But if they wouldn't have pushed it, it could have been something that maybe in July they're like, hey, you know, let's just put it out for 20 bucks on digital. And it probably would have done well. But again, I mean, it's it's definitely a trial run that Universal's doing. And hopefully it goes well because I'd like to see there's a lot of movies that I would probably pay the $20 for that I wouldn't normally go to the theaters for. Like Hunt and Invisible Man, I'm not going to go to the theaters for, but. I'll give you 20 bucks to watch it in my house for sure. Yeah. Um, So again, we'll see what happens. I don't know what else is out there that hasn't been canceled. Maybe the onward thing is Disney's way of seeing if it goes well. And then maybe we see Mulan on there because they haven't said when they're, you know, pushing that too, but maybe they do that as well. Yeah. I definitely think Disney's been one of the smartest companies when it comes to releasing this stuff faster than ever. Only because yeah. 
you know, Frozen was originally going to take, you know, three months in order to get on Disney Plus, but Disney yeah. probably is just reaping in all the benefits of new subscribers that go, okay, you know, we're in quarantine. Up oh, the new yep. new Frozen movie. Oh, now it's onward. And then if you're if the only way you're gonna put out Mulan is through Disney Plus, then Disney's just gonna make even more money that they don't they definitely don't need to continue making because they have enough of it. <laughs> Yep, I think they already had a bunch of people sign up, but they're definitely going to be rolling in new subscribers once Onward comes out. Once you know you're looking at Frozen Onward, and then their entire back catalog of Disney movies—that's a good deal. So, um, so I did watch The Hunt, and did you watch the trailer? I did. Yes. Okay, so this is a weird—it's a weird one. Um, The trailer kind of gives you the idea. But it goes so far, like away from what the trailer is saying that it like threw me off. There's a, there's some people that are in the trailer, um, and I'm blanking on their names. Uh, I think it's Emma Roberts. I think is like the blonde haired girl in that trailer. But they basically what they're doing is they, you know, the premise is these rich people kidnap. Uh, people and then hunt them for for fun basically and that's pretty much all the trailer gives you and they have this list of you know not like they're not super well-known actors but they're decently well-known actors and um (laughs) they're all gone they kill them off within five minutes of the movie starting so you're kind of left there like okay now what happens right and then it just kind of takes a a weird turn and i don't want to ruin the turn that it takes um i know i usually end up saying that a lot in movies that i've watched but the premise is still there it is rich people you know going out and kidnapping and killing people for fun but there's a whole nother story there and it's so wild it's definitely not what i expected for now i mean 20 bucks isn't bad if you want to check it out i I think it's definitely a stream i don't think you need to buy it because you're not going to watch it more than once um but just go into it knowing that what they gave you from the trailer is almost them trying to trick you into thinking it's something that it's not. It is a horror movie at its heart. It's, you know, okay. comedy, that kind of stuff, but it's just hard, man. It's, it's a weird one. It's a weird movie. <laughs> when we were done and I looked at my wife and we were just kind of like, what, what did we just watch? <laughs> so definitely check it out. I, I mean, I feel like it could be something that, if you don't want to pay the 20 bucks, you could see on Netflix in a couple months anyway. So if, if you, if it really interests you, go check it out. If not, just chill and wait when it comes out. So it's just, it's a, it's a tough one to explain without giving the whole plot away. And you don't want to do that because then it kind of ruins. And maybe, maybe, you know, when the movie is a couple more weeks out, maybe then you could go into more of the, the spoiler parts of it. yeah we'll wait a you know maybe i'll wait a week or two um maybe two weeks is probably safe and then we can put a big old like hey spoilers from here on out that way i can explain in detail why it's so weird but for now 20 bucks i think is worth it if you're planning on seeing it in the theaters anyway so go check it out and then in a couple of weeks i'll go into right. detail about it anything else not really i hope everybody's staying safe during these weird and just you know weird upon weirder of times it yeah that's that that's really all anybody can do right now you know we're trying the uh 
the the quarantine and hopefully this podcast doesn't sound completely terrible so that we can upload it <laughs> i think the good thing is is a lot of people a lot of podcasts are doing this anyway so everybody's kind of on the same playing field as far as quality so i think everybody yeah used yeah to and, and right hopefully now. hopefully everything you know stays all right and that it doesn't get worse because uh, if, if it only gets worse from yes. here you know this and I'm I'm not going to make this podcast about the sickness again, but you know this <laughs> this is in my 25 years of living the weirdest, most strange time for a lot of I guess millennials to be alive for because nobody has any idea what's going on and why uh, and why everybody's taking yep. it. Th- this year has been a weird one. It's been a weird year. So I think the best answer is everybody just chill inside play play doom play animal crossing watch some movies finish off your backlog and hopefully if we all do that it'll pass yeah. a lot quicker yeah and we can get back to normal uh with that we're gonna go ahead and end the podcast uh thank you guys and everybody really for listening i know a lot of craig and i's friends have been listening and the support we're getting is great mm-hmm. the next step for this podcast is to be able to get people who don't know us to start listening to it so if you have friends that like right. gaming or movies and you think they like this podcast, please share it. That's that, that's going to be the way that this this thing all grows. And, you know, if if one day this is to become bigger than just, you know, me and Craig doing this and just being friends, recommending it to friends, we have to get other people into it. Yep. And always, you know, as always, send the emails in high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. Give us some more stuff to talk about. And follow us on Instagram. Yeah, we do have the Twitter stuff. as well. High sensitivity gaming, I believe. is uh, No, it's high, high sensitivity at, uh, on Twitter. Okay. And the high is just H.I. Because somebody already has high sensitivity as their Twitter tag, so uh, I had I had to get uh, took a little bit of creative liberty with that one. <laughs> yeah, but Sounds hopefully good. you guys all enjoy your quarantine time. Hopefully this makes this a little bit easier for you guys to get through, and we'll see you guys next week.